0: So enjoying your broadcasting career? <laughs> Talk to me about that. <laughs> <Thank you>. yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I, I have been enjoying it. I mean, my first gig was in 2016, you know, and um, it's kind of, I, I was called up to work for Times Now at the time Arnab was in Times Now. And, and I was along with me, the panelists were Charu Sharma, Parna Popat and a few others. And, you know, when I did that gig in 2016, it was actually, I found it to be a lot of fun. You know, because I was like, wow. So I love following tennis. This is what I do in my free time. Is you know, especially if a couple of my friends are over, we either watch tennis or follow scores, break down draws, see results, look at patterns. You know, think where players doing well, where are they not doing well, make predictions amongst each other. So it was stuff that I felt like I was doing any which way, because I you know really really followed the sport and loved it. And so when I got to you know get on TV and talk about tennis, I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a dream job. You know, I got to go out there and speak my mind about the biggest tournaments in the world so from the get-go honestly i've I've really enjoyed it after that i did the asian games done aussie open a few times and a few other tournaments and uh, yeah the broadcasting is 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 different from being on a tennis court but i I still like it a lot because it keeps you engaged in the game
0: yeah let's look at uh, just a, a bird's eye view of the women's doubles and the men's doubles babos and Mladenovic, they really have an aura don't they the last few years what they've done and there's also Ash Barty and Jennifer Brady that's a new partnership Dave. in Brady's case the strength is obviously big hitting plus the serve then you got Barty great feel finesse spin so women's double you pretty much feel it's going to be a matchup between those two pairs
1: I mean listen a lot goes into it keep in mind these guys haven't been practicing for two weeks so expect to see a little bit of rustiness I would say from everybody but uh, I mean going back to Kiki Mladenovic and Babos you know I think uh, what has served a lot teams well is to actually stick together and play together you know I think a lot of times teams in the men's and the women's tour you know you see them not sticking together one when they have a few losses and I think you know what these two girls have done incredibly well is they've kind of stuck together so that's obviously a big part of their success but I think Kiki Mladenovic is also one of the most talented players out there she's had tremendous amount of success in doubles mixed doubles singles and she's you know big girl with a lot of very very athletic and really good hands as well so i For sure, you know, you expect them to do well. But moving on to Bharti and Jennifer Brady, Bharti has had a lot of success on the doubles court and Jennifer Brady off late is obviously kind of, uh, everybody's kind of taken notice of her. But more importantly, I think Jennifer Brady also has a college background. And in college tennis, the doubles point is absolutely huge. So that also explains one of the reasons why Ash Barty probably chose to play with Jennifer is because she understands that Jennifer, apart from being a good doubles player, is a great competitor. And I think having two great competitors along with two good athletes that have good hands and know how to play doubles. I mean, I couldn't have picked it out better myself, to be honest. So I think they're going to be pretty dangerous.
0: Men's doubles, Ram and Salisbury are good. I like the way you know Ram style is, it's it's a throwback to the good old days, isn't it? I mean he plays classic doubles. And Salisbury has obviously brought a nice dynamic touch to that contribution. At the other end of the spectrum there is you know Shapovalov and Pospisil, which again is a lot of flair and instinct. So those two
1: duos, yeah, I think I think men's doubles is at an exciting stage right now for various different reasons. Number one, you're starting to see guys who dominated the game for so many years now kind of slowly slowly making their way into retirement, you know. So and and I think the biggest one is obviously not having the Bryans there. Now there's a lot of teams out there that suddenly are saying, "Hey, I've got a shot," you know. And I think uh, Rajiv, one of my <laughs> very very close friend of mine, we actually used to call him Rampras, Rajiv Rampras, because he kind of modeled Speech his game after <laughs> after beat even the serve you know you see a little bit of the motion on that single handed back yeah. hand, and um, I think he's one of the best volleyers in the game without a doubt the guy has got fantastic hands you know I think the way one coach put it is Rajiv has got a, an incredible sense of how to take pace off the ball when guys are hitting it so big so I think uh, especially in, in modern day doubles when guys are at the baseline a lot more than they used to be even 10-15 years ago having a person at the net that's so solid and knows position that well and obviously serves bullets it really helps and I think also they won the Aussie Open last year right yep. so him and Salisbury together I think like I said for the women I think what's nice to see is the two of them are sticking together and they're going to give themselves a good run and an opportunity to see if they can have a long-term partnership I think when two players get together and give themselves that opportunity over a, you know tennis results don't happen overnight I think a lot of people kind of misunderstand that you put yourself in the right position enough number of times and then you can get some kind of success, you know? So I think these guys are, are mature about that. You know, Rajiv has been around the block for a long, long time. He's been a pro since 2005, I would say, five or six, you know, so 15, 16 years. So been top 100 in singles, won a couple of tour events, obviously a world-class doubles player who's now winning Grand Slams. So yeah, but I will say this, I think it's gonna to be tough for them to come out and defend their title. I would love to see it though.
0: Let's talk about the Indians. Sumit Nagel has already been handed a direct wildcard entry into the main draw. Somdev. Have you spoken to Ankita Raina, Divij Sharan? I believe they're getting five hours outside their rooms to, for on-court practice, gym sessions, eating, and traveling. And most importantly, as Rohan Bopana found himself a partner for the Aussie Open because his partner Sousa the Portuguese, tested positive for the coronavirus and, you know, forcing him to pull out. So I last heard Rohan was looking for a partner. So just a bit on Rohan, Sumit, Ankita, and Divij.
1: Yeah, so I mean, just to make it clear: so Rohan's partner was ranked around 90, and Rohan is, you know, somewhere around 40. So to make it clear, Rohan needs to find a guy because they were already in the first time the cut came out. So in other words, Rohan needs to find a guy ranked higher than Souza. If he finds a guy who's ranked higher than Souza, who's not in the doubles draw, then he would get in. So the odds of going finding a guy in Australia ranked higher than 90, that's very high. For sure he's going to find a doubles partner. The question is who? And I'm sure he's sending out text messages. And and keep in mind, a lot of guys also want to play doubles probably because they've realized that they don't have enough matches. And doubles, you know, puts them on a tennis court and being on a court is going to get you that much better. Yeah, and, and I think with the other players, you know, with Ankita, a lot of it is going to be based on luck of the draw. She's gone there as a with the potential of winning a lucky loser. And I would say she has about a 50-50 chance right now of getting in. So, you know, all you can do if you're in Ankita's shoes is prepare. If you're given the call, you should be ready, you know. And if not, then that's just uh, unlucky, I would say, you know. But just move on to the next event. I think, you know, all of us who've played tennis enough have, you know, been in the position where we have been lucky losers. There was a time, one time I was playing Wimbledon maybe 8-10 years ago, and I think I was the 2 seed in the qualifying And, you know, within 24 hours of the cut being closed, six people withdrew, Wow! which meant had they withdrawn 24 hours prior, I would have been in, you know, and I ended up losing in the qualifying. So these kind of things happen in tennis all the time. So there's definitely a chance for her to get in. And if she gets in, I think, you know, that would be the first main draw appearance for her. So for her to go out and win and, you know, fight hard and give it her best, just to you know, be able to put yourself in a position to win is all you can do as an athlete. But yeah, I mean, the conditions have been harsh. I mean, I've I've chatted with a couple of the guys and, uh, you know, right from getting out of your hotel, into the car, getting to the venue, you know exactly you have 20 minutes to warm up, you get on court, you have exactly, you know, this much time on court, you come off, you have this much time to shower and you have half an hour to eat until you're back in the car, back into the hotel. So, you know, in a sense, these guys are being treated um, almost like they're on a timetable, you know? But I think it's important to, respect the rules that have been put in place by the government and also respect the fact that the tournament has gone out of their way to make sure that the players who are there are being compensated well. You know, let me put it in perspective, okay? Sumit Nagal gets 100,000 Aussie dollars for being in the first round. Something that Ankita would get if she gets... position when i played my first grand slam in 2009 main draw i qualified into the us open won a round lost second round four sets to Cole Schreiber, and i think my my paycheck was twenty five thousand. wow you know
0: look at the increment so
1: yeah exactly so i think a lot of players who played with me back then are still around now and so the complaining isn't really quite happening when it comes to the tournament because i think as a by and large most of the players are super appreciative about you know, the efforts everybody is making to make sure that the players have a better life. The lockdown situation is the lockdown situation And that's just something you have to
0: deal with I'm going to round up with uh, career highlights Somdev, Dev Verman career highlights <laughs>
1: Oh God, you're going to be taking me back down memory lane
0: Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. been such wonderful moments Where you've made us so proud I mean, to me, that Chennai Open in 2009 was just remarkable I mean, the fact that you meet Moya in the second round Karlovic, who was world number 25 in the quarters And then, you know, you eventually lost to Chilich Must be great memories, eh?
1: Really was, really was. Listen man, before coming into that tournament I was a wild card, you know. So I knew I was probably going to get the wild card because at that time I think Prakash and me, it was we were one and two, Prakash and I at the time. So there were three wildcards, so and also we were one and two by quite a long margin. You know, I had just played about five or six months on the tour, I was already ranked 200, so I kind of knew I was getting that wild card into the tournament, which kind of made me a little jittery, to be honest, because it was a dream of mine to play at Centre Court in Chennai. I don't know if you know, but I grew up in Chennai, yeah. so I grew up watching that tournament, watching the Lee and Heshes, you know, win their doubles and start their whole magic over there. I saw Carlos Moya win it. I saw Kanyas win it. I saw Karlovic in 2001. So for me to go out there and do well was... A dream come true no doubt you know and i think what helped was the preseason of 2008 december i was very lucky i got a call from andy roddick and he said hey why don't you come and practice with me wow. and i went i practiced with him went with my coaches and i did everything you know from the track workouts to the gym to how many ever hours he wanted on a tennis court to running to doing everything right and i stayed at his house and i think after kind of being around that environment i learned really really quickly on how important things are just being a professional you know and without a doubt that confidence that i took from training directly into the tournament in chennai helped a lot so yeah making the finals there i think was a huge huge achievement for me too bad i didn't win it though
0: but you did meet beat marin Chilich in washington in 2009 Again, Chilich was, you know, in the top 30 in the world, you know, you were just 24 years old. So after that loss, that must have been sweet revenge.
1: It was nice. It was nice. I think Chilich was 14 in the world, if I I recall correctly. He was 14 and I was playing him third or fourth round, I think. I was in the qualifying that year. Yeah, I mean, so the other thing is, is that the tournament in Washington, D.C. was also very special to me because I went to the University of Virginia, which is just a couple hours away. And since I graduated in 2008, you know, the period between 2008, 9, 10, around that time, I still had quite a few friends and, you know, UVA tennis fans come out and watch. And uh, that kind of helped build up the energy in the stadium. So whenever I was out there playing, I remember at least a few people in America, were cheering for this Indian guy, you know, apart from all the Indian fans, of course, because there's Indian fans. Any single tournament you go to, you'll find Indian fans, which is an amazing feeling. So, yeah, to go out there and to beat Chilich, I think, was a really, really important thing for me because I just lost to him before that year, but also understanding that I could play at that level because, you know, by this point, Chilich was 15, 14, 15 in the world. And he was obviously, you know, super successful in Grand Slams and, and other events. So for me, you know, whenever you're a young player, just I mean, at that time I still hadn't broken the top one hundred. You know, so to beat a guy inside the top fifteen, it will show you that you're moving in the right direction, and that confidence is very important to have as, as a player. Two
0: thousand eleven, you beat Marcos Baghdatis in Indian Wells, and the second set score was six love. <laughs> so memories of that I one. I mean, zoning. the guy was. I was in the zone. Yeah, the guy was twenty two in the world, if I'm not mistaken, at that point of time.
1: Yeah. So. A funny story before that. So we were all in Novi Sad. In playing Serbia in Novi Sad for Davis Cup. Lee Hesh weren't there. So it was myself, Bopanna and uh, Karan Rastogi and Yuki Bamri, Who was a lot younger at that time. And I remember going out there that week you know, nobody thought we had a chance.
0: Did you beat Tipsetovic? That's the one. I remember that one, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I beat Yanko in that and from there, we lost the tie and from there, I had to fly. So, from Belgrade, we had to fly all the way to California. Landed on... I think the Davis Cup tie finished on Sunday. So you landed on Monday and you played on Tuesday, you know? So I remember I went, I was with my coaches, of course, and I was like, guys, I'm tired. They're like, well, nobody asked, but, and it doesn't matter that you're tired. You still got to go out there and do your job. So I remember going out, I was in qualifying. So I qualified first round, I think beat Manorino, who's still top hundred, you know? And yeah, and I was playing Baghdadis and I think I'd lost to Baghdadis the year before in Dubai in three sets. So I knew I had him, but there was just so many... You know It was a week or so After that is when I Made third or fourth round Of Miami as well And kind of You know Became the highest ranked Indian It was momentum It was complete momentum I was just feeling it I was playing good tennis Against the best players In the world That phase of my life You know So it's hard to explain That as a tennis player Yeah six love Would I have ever imagined Beating a top 25 player Six love Absolutely not But Sometimes when you're In the zone think Good things can happen
0: Well, I want to take you to Miami I mean That was 2011 <laughs> Where you beat Raunic He was yeah. in the top 30 In the world at that time That must have been also just one of those spectacular ones you can sit on your front porch and think back of your playing days beating milos raonic
1: it was it was but again funny thing about milos raonic right i think five or six months before that we're playing each other in a challenger so milos was working with a spanish guy who i knew fairly well so we were practicing together you know playing with each other quite a lot and at that tournament i happened to be the higher ranked guy i think i was close to 100 or right around 100 and milos was probably 250 and up and coming at that time so in 2011 Milos came to Chennai, okay, lost in the qualifying went to Melbourne was down match points in the final qualifying won that made it to the fourth round went to America won San Jose and lost in the finals of Memphis to Roddick right so he's just suddenly from beating me in a challenger in Tashkent in Uzbekistan he's gone had a three-month tear and because of that he was 30 in the world so when I played him he was really fresh into being 30 in the world and I remembered that you know four or five months ago we were practicing together and I didn't win every time but I always felt like I had a chance to beat him so yeah that was that time yeah man it was again a good run i think after beating raunich is when i finally became that you know highest ranked indian in 20-25 years which was relieving at that time yeah more than anything else
0: but you know the thing is that guys like you guys like leander Paes, when you played for the nation in davis cup you wore your heart on your sleeve man i mean i'm talking about going into the world groups you know a few times courtesy your exploits you mentioned the yanko Tipserovic win there was a win against Lou. there's another one against jiri vesely and then you've also gone on and won singles for us in the Commonwealth Games, the Asian Games. Uh, so playing for the country is a whole different kettle, isn't it? And if you want to talk about memorable ones playing for the country like the Tipserovich one, the Lu one, the Wesley one, I'd
1: like yeah, playing for the country is different. And I can't put my finger, I can't explain why. Because a lot of times when you're playing for the country, you're playing in a faraway place with no fans. You know, I remember 2014, we're playing Korea in Korea. And it, I, up until this point, India has never beaten Korea away. They have this up-and-comer, Heon Chong. Obviously, two years later, the guy made semis of Australia. He was, you know, top 20. But at the time, he was a kid, you know, coming out there. And yeah, there was a lot of time. So, you know, the way I looked at Davis Cup matches, honestly, especially when I first started playing, you know, was that if we want to win a tie, I got to win two matches. If I win two matches, we win the tie because Lee and Hesh don't lose in doubles, you know? So that's kind of how I approached it and I realized that nothing else matters as long as i put myself in the right position to win two singles matches we have a chance and if i lose a singles match it's really really hard so the only one this is one of my favorite memories of, of of davis cup ever 2010 brazil tie so as always we're fighting with the federation federation wants to hold the host the tie somewhere else we were fighting about having it here there finally you know they give in and rohan and i kind of we were pushing towards having it in chennai simple reason was we thought that him and i had Handle the heat better than the Brazilians. So first day comes around. Rohan's on court, and keep in mind this is 2010. So you know, 10, 11 years ago, Rohan is not really focused on singles you know he's yeah. still playing doubles so in essence India has three doubles players and me and Rohan I mean for me one of the best Davis Cup battlers that India has ever seen you know uh, despite not playing singles he won so many key singles matches for us first day he goes out he's playing a guy top 30 in the world Thomas Bellucci he has four match points and he loses <laughs> Okay, five hours gone, four hours, 40 minutes, something like that. Next up is me. I go out there, I'm playing Ricardo Melo. Ricardo is ranked probably 70, 75 in the world, something like that. I go out there, five sets, up two sets to one, about four hours and 30 minutes. Also, I lose in five sets. And in the evening, Rowan and I are sitting up in the swimming pool of the hotel, looking at each other, being like, man, we were this close to being 2-0 up and into the world group because Lee Hesh are not going to lose. So next day we go on court. Lee Hesh don't lose, you know, they beat uh, Melo and uh, Melo Suarez, who are still playing, still very good, beat them three straight sets. So now, pressure is back on me, because I am playing the first match on Sunday. I wake up in the morning Sunday, I get a message from Hesh, Hey Sohm, sun's out, about as bright and strong as I've ever seen it, your kind of day, good luck. And I was like, looking up, I was like, shit! (laughs) So that's actually the only Davis Cup tie that I have ever played. Well, the only time India has come back from 2-0 down. No, we did it another time, but like late, that was the first time India did it from wow. 2-0 down in such a big stage. I played Thomas Bellucci, and because Rohan took him to five sets on Friday, he was dead against me. Absolutely dead. I remember I win the first set in tie tiebreak, second set, and I'm close to breaking. I break him, I give it a big come on, I get the crowd going. I turn around and Bellucci's nose is just bleeding. It's just, I mean, just like, I think he sneezed and a blood vessel popped. And it's just, I mean, blood everywhere. Shirts covered, His towels covered. He looks up at the ref. He's like feeling a little woozy. And for me, this was a huge win because I was like, well, I'm up a set. I'm up a break. It's sweltering heat in Chennai. The guys just played five hours, two days ago, and I'm fitter than him. So advantage me, you know? And at this point, Rohan is looking over and I think Rohan understands that I'm in a really good position. So he starts getting ready and before you know it, Bellucci is done. So he's defaulted. Now we look at Rohan and I look at Rohan before I go and I'm like, boops, same situation. That guy, I took him to five sets on Friday. He is absolutely dead. So if there's any way where you can hold serve and put a little bit of pressure, I think we're going to have them in a really tricky spot. And I get goosebumps talking about this now. That match that Bopana played, that fifth match that Bopana played to beat Ricardo Melo and send India to the world group I mean I was so special you should go out and watch it I've never seen anybody hit so many aces and winners at will at the end of the match Rohan was cramping Ricardo was cramping we were cramping on the sidelines because we were like oh my god what's gonna happen and uh, yeah man one of the best Davis Cup memories ever coming from 2-0 down and uh, sending India to the world group
0: all for the country all for the country well you were a big college champion the American College Championship the NCAA I mean guys like McEnroe at Stanford and all Made it so famous You won it for two years And I believe you and John Isner Are great mates uh, He's not in Australia this year I, I think he's decided to stay back With the family But those college days And, and how incredibly fit were you Somdev? I mean you were really The fittest athlete in the country At one point of time And those college days Must have come in handy I mean there are all these stories About you know guys like Vishal Upal Who say boss You know he used to take me for training And you know in America The college way is You sprint you throw up And then you, you get ready to sprint again Is that true or is it just urban legend
1: It's true. There's a ton of stories, man. Wow. I mean, listen, when I grew up, the criticism that I faced from general coaches in India was that I was not talented enough. And I didn't necessarily disagree with them. You know, I wasn't talented enough. There are other guys that played with me who had much better hands and general skills that Indians possess that I didn't. But I always looked around and I said, I said, but the things that I can do also that nobody else can do and and the things I can do, I'm going to do really well. So that's kind of the time when I went to college and it was the best environment for me because, you know, immediately you walk into the weight room and, you know, in India, you think you're tough. You're a tough guy. You walk into a weight room lifting weights or whatever. Whatever it is you're doing and i look to my left the football guys the, i mean you know nfl college football guys uh, are out there whatever i'm squatting with that's their warm-up i look to the right the basketball guys are <laughs> jumping this high and i'm like man i'm not an athlete over here i thought i was a great athlete so immediately you know you go to the track and you're trying to run a mile and you know our mile timings we had to run it in six minutes which is not that hard but you look around the track team and they're all laughing at you because they're obviously running a mile in four minutes you know four minutes four minutes 30 seconds and you know we're doing so our goal was naturally to try and break five so and we were also part of a team where nobody wanted to lose so the best compliment that like Uh, many many coaches and stuff have given me is if you have the ability to push and focus so hard that you have the ability to make other people quit to make other people make bad decisions to make other people cramp that is also a strength you know and so I almost took pride in the fact that uh, I needed to be the fittest because I wasn't the most talented and uh, you don't need to be talented to get out of bed and run, you know? So that's kind of how I looked at it. And I said, okay, maybe, you know, when I'm on court, I'm still going to go out there and work my hardest to improve, but there's something else that I'm also going to do. And if it means that I have to run a mile in, I mean, so towards the end, I was running miles in, you know, close to five minutes, but if it means that I run a mile in five minutes and four laps around. So if I run a mile in, in, in five minutes, and if I take a break for three minutes and I can do it again, and if I can do it again, three or four times now, it really means that you're pushing your threshold you're really expanding your threshold so you know a lot of times i would do that even during matches sometimes in really hot conditions uh, people would be dying and i would be doing high knees and running past them just to send a message saying hey you're dying and it's about to get a lot worse you know or one or two times if i would throw up i would throw up come back and start doing jumping jacks and that's just the way it was you know i think i had that was my mentality you know a lot of people have uh, different mentalities based on their strengths and weaknesses and once i realized that you know becoming the fittest tennis player that I could be was my strength. I tried to take that to the next level.
0: Exemplary. So what's your favorite travel destination? Where do you just like to go and chill and say, I don't want to get up?
1: (laughs) I mean, I've been, uh, my wife and me have been kind of uh, going back and forth. I prefer beaches. She prefers the mountains. So, I mean, I see the beauty in both, obviously, but I still think I would prefer a beach. I, I really enjoyed my time in Bali, but even in India, man, like going to Goa or going to Pondi or, you know, just... So one of the beaches down on ECR in Chennai where I live really really nice places
0: your playlist what does it have are you a Maroon 5 and John Mayer kind of guy or are you into the classics What is some they've the listened to
1: I mean definitely John Mayer Maroon 5 as well I mean you know don't get me wrong but I mean I, I'm more of a singer songwriter myself okay. you know so I, I naturally feel like I gravitate towards guys who are singer songwriters so you know my influences are you know guys I people I listened to growing up so Beatles Cat Stevens Bob Dylan, Carpenters, you know, 70s, 80s music because that's kind of what was playing in my house when I was growing up. And then when I went away to college in Charlottesville, Virginia, luckily enough, there's an unbelievable music scene over there. And it's also happens to be the city where the Dave Matthews band was founded and created and they live. So I reached a point where I now I feel like I know at least 90% of their songs and they have, you know, 250, 300 songs, maybe more. And I've been to probably... 25, 30 Dave concerts, you know. So I'm a hardcore Dave Matthews band fan and actually... Oh, check this out. So on my acoustic guitar, I've got uh, this little fire dancer over here. That's Dave Matthews' band symbol, man. So yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan. Ah,
0: wow. And you know that Dave has antecedents in South Africa, you know? it does. And and South Africa is one of your happy hunting grounds. I remember in 2011 in Joburg, you made the final in that South African Open where you went down to Kevin Anderson. So, you know, there is a South Africa connection between you and and Dave. There is. It definitely is <laughs> somdev devarman thank you very much for your time most importantly sharing these wonderful memories and giving us incisive comments for a tennis fan this is manna from heaven just being able to talk tennis with one of the finest tennis players this country has ever produced thanks mate and uh, have a good day to your family and you i hope you guys stay safe and healthy cheers
1: thanks a lot man take it easy had a great time look forward to the next time